0: Hey everybody Tom Martindale alcoholic Tom and it is good Tom. To, uh, it's good to be here tonight um, um. I see a lot of a uh, lot of faces I know um, uh, you know I uh, I wanted to uh, wanted to thank Kent uh, Kent uh, Kent M for asking me to, to leave tonight and Jesse appreciate you guys um, there is anybody that's new or relatively new welcome um, I hope you, uh, hope you hear, hear something here tonight that has you come back and see us tomorrow. Um, that's what, uh, that's what happened for me. I kept coming to meetings and I kept hearing things that I was like, okay, I kind of like that. And I'd come back the next day. And, um, so also wanted to just take a minute and, uh, uh, uh congratulate all the milestones. I think we had, uh, I think, uh, five people with five months. Linda was 60 days, happy rich with nine months. Miracle. A lot of people lost a lot of money on that one, Rich. Good job. Um, and, uh, Lori for 18 months. Uh, that's great. Um, my, uh, my sobriety date is 10, 11, 13. Um, I, I also, uh, I live in Laguna Beach now. I, uh, I got sober here in Laguna Beach, uh, back in October, 2013 and uh, moved to LA in 2016. And I'm back, uh, moved back here just before the uh, crackdown in LA, the COVID crackdown. I got my butt back to the beach where it's more manageable. So i been back here in Laguna uh, just in time to participate in all these wonderful zoom meetings, which have been great. I love the zoom meetings. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, we got visitors from all over the country, which is awesome. Uh, really enjoyed a lot of my, uh, a lot of the home groups that I have. I have probably have six home group meetings and, uh, um, the uh, the three most notable ones are the uh, the Gator, uh, the, two, the Thursday night San Juan Capistrano men's question and answer meeting. Um, I go to the uh, Wednesday night Beverly Hills men's stag in uh, Los Angeles and the uh, Tuesday night hospital meeting in Laguna Beach. Uh, those are my three home groups that I do. Um, and Matt, uh, thanks for your uh, opening pitch. Uh, Matt is a uh, You'll hear later in my story, uh, but Matt is a you bet guy. And Matt, uh, Matt went through. He he uh, he didn't do a he did, he 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 toned it down a lot on the amount of pain that man went through uh, last year. It was it was it was it was an impressive amount of pain, and uh, he didn't like it. He wasn't happy about it. He did a lot of stuff. Matter of fact, about everything he did, he did under protest. Did not want to do it, and had a lot of reasons why he didn't want to do it but he did it, you know, and that was the, that was the thing. And, and if, uh, if any of you have the good fortune to get to know Matt, spend any time with him, like you look at his Facebook page and you will see a miracle on his Facebook page. The relationship that he has now with his, his kids, is just, it's unbelievable where he came from. Uh, just it's unbelievable. So anyways, uh, just, uh, you know, a few minutes on what it was like. Uh, I'm here to tell you what, what it was like, uh, what happened and uh, what it's like now, right, and uh, so uh, I also, uh, like Matt, grew up in Ohio. Um, I don't know if I was born an alcoholic, but I know I had alcoholic tendencies way before I ever had my first drink. Um, I, I didn't, uh, you know, lying seemed like a natural thing to do, um, uh, you know, stealing seemed like a good idea if I could get away with it, uh, you know, and all that was happening, you know, early in life. I, I I can kind of take it back. One of the very first memories I have, I I think I was probably three or four years old uh, or maybe even younger, standing out in my backyard. And I remember clear as a bell thinking like, man, this is really difficult. Like being alive is really difficult. Like this is, I don't know where I was before, but being here, being in this body, dealing with these parents, dealing with my neighbors, it was a lot and it was hard. And, uh, and I, I, I needed a drink, you know, and I was probably three or four, right? I probably needed a meeting shortly thereafter. But, um, but anyways, uh, I, I grew up in a, uh, just a, a fine home, uh, no abuse there. My mom was completely loving. My dad was a good provider. We lived in a, a normal neighborhood in, in, uh, in uh, northeastern Ohio, Um you know, I had every opportunity that one kid could, could want to have. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, uh, life was pretty tough for me. Um, I did not have a, a really happy life, which I didn't really get a whole lot of that, uh, how unhappy it was until after I got sober. Right. And I, uh, I didn't get sober until I was 45 years old. So, um, but, uh, I remember my first drink, I was, uh, Uh, probably 14 years old, 14 or 15. I was with my best friend, Dave Copeland. We were with, uh, we were freshmen in high school, must've been 15, we were freshmen in high school. We were with two seniors. They had this really cool muscle car and we were driving in uh, somewhere in Ohio and one of the guys pulled out a bottle of Strawberry Boone's Farm. He unscrewed it, he took a big pull off of it. He handed it to Dave, Dave took a big pull off it. Dave handed it back to me. I took a drink off it, Dave goes, don't be a little bitch you hit that thing again so i did it again i handed this guy to my right and uh, and then there were some other things passed around the car some some smokable alcohol uh, and we partook in that and i remember just we were cruising down the road and i remember all of a sudden it was like oh like for the first time in 15 years i could take a breath like it was i was i was like And I don't really remember what happened that day. I blacked out that very first time I drank. I blacked out the last time I drank. I blacked out thousands of times in the middle. Um, And uh, But I remember thinking, like, this is amazing. This is what I've been searching for this entire existence. I need to do this as much as possible. And um, so I did. Uh, My life went from sports... Um, and fun with my friends to uh, wherever the party was. And uh, I did that pretty well. I I managed to have a lackluster uh, um, high school career, if you call it that. Um, I was running into a lot of problems in Ohio, um, drinking, and uh, starting to burn some bridges there. And I, uh, so I found uh, my next escape, my first geographic was the uh, United States Navy. I joined the Navy when I was 18 years old. And, um, and then they sent me, uh, I, I went all over the place. I spent eight years in the Navy. Um, the Navy did a good job of just uh, corralling my alcoholism to just being alcoholism. Drugs are an enormous part of my story, but this is an AA meeting, so I'm gonna talk about alcohol. Uh, but the, a, the, the Navy did a good job of just keeping in me in that alcohol pen. And um, so, you know, uh, and I, I spent a long time in the Navy. I did a lot of really amazing things. I uh, operated on a pretty high-level team uh, in the Navy, um, did a lot of amazing things. But, again, even, you know, I, I ran into a lot of problems in the Navy from drinking. Um, I spent, like I said, eight years in. Um, by the time I'd got out of the Navy, I think I'd been arrested. I'd been in handcuffs for alcohol at least 10 times uh, in, in that eight years, um, including a couple of DUIs on base, uh, many DUIs on base, a number of DUIs off base. But due to the programs I was in and the, uh, the time it was in the world, I was able to, like just like a good alcoholic, I was able to get out of a lot of those problems. And uh, I got out of the Navy, um, uh, you know, and uh, in 1994, 1993 actually, um, got out of the Navy and started working as a stockbroker, and I went to work there, and and uh, you know now the uh, now the corral, the fence was the fence was open, and I was and I just really went for it, and I had again a lot of success, uh, did a lot of really cool things, had a good career, but uh, just ended up you know continually getting arrested. Um, and like I said, drugs are a big part of my story, but it wasn't that every time I, uh, I drank, I got in trouble. I'm sorry, but every time I was in trouble, every time I got arrested, every time I was hearing, sir, step out of the car, please, sir. Um, that was always good alcohol. And, um, so, you know, I just had a lot of problems. Um, and you know, I burned through a couple marriages, um, countless relationships, um. You know, I had uh, I had the experience of like it says in the book of getting right. The, the guy got tight at just the wrong time. Uh, I I'd work, I'd get everything built up, everything would be going really well, and then I'd go on a prodigious bender and just take it down. And uh, and that was that roller coaster went up and down from 1994 until I got sober in 2013. So you know, good 19 years of wreckage there. Um, just back and forth, and geographics, and um, at the end of it, by the time I got sober, I'd racked up 13 DUI arrests, um, you know, it, I, I guess I'm, I'm not saying that to brag, I'm just letting you know I qualify to be here, um, so um, what happened? Um, I, uh, I ended up um, in 2013, I was coming off of another failed attempt at Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness in 2011 and 2012. And uh, had got myself somewhat straightened, did another geographic. I moved to, uh, from LA to Laguna Beach. And, um, and I started working and I was able to kind of corral myself a little bit. Um, and uh, things started going really well. Uh, they went well. I, I started, I built a, a, a pretty a good company with a buddy of mine. We were doing, uh, we were generating leads for attorneys in in a in a particular subsect for a subsector of, of law for attorneys, and it was the, we were generating you know interest for them, and uh, we uh, we were going to a trade show at the Grand Manchester Hyatt in downtown San Diego. It was uh, it was on a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, we went down there on Thursday night, and um, we went out. I just went out to have a couple of drinks. I would met uh, by the way. I so I had the job. I just got a new place to live here in Laguna. I just got the breathalyzer out of my mom's 2001 Buick Regal that I had to get from her, uh, you know, and had had the breathalyzer in there for a couple of years. Just got the breathalyzer out. I met her. Uh, she was a train wreck. So I took a hostage and I had it all going on, man. It was like, we were, this is it. I'm finally gonna pull it off. It's 45 years in the making, but it's about to happen and I was down in San Diego, we went out, got drunk. Um, I don't really remember what happened, uh, but I can tell you uh, I ended up with a, with a felony assault charge and I ended up being handcuffed um, and then paraded down through the hotel, through the lobby bar where all the attorneys had gathered and they were having their drinks and I'm in handcuffs walking through that bar out uh, to spend the weekend with the, with the boys in the San Diego County Jail, uh, nice guys, don't really wanna see them again. And, uh, and, and it was just like, it, like what, it, what, what, what it had taken me about a year and a half to build in that one night I blew up my business. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, like I'd set that my life on fire that night, I'd ignited it and it took it about a month to burn down But over the course of that next month, um, I had burned my business to the ground. Uh, The relationship with her was over, and it took what money I had made uh, to get out of that mess. And like a good alcoholic, I got out of it. You know, I ended up getting out of it, but it was just, and I was sitting in jail that night, I was in a holding cell, and it was like, it was like the... uh, it was like the, the, the ghost of alcoholic past came to visit me. And while I was sitting in that holding cell, I kept seeing all these different versions of myself rolling through the holding cell, which by the way, I was sitting in this holding cell. I'd been, I was in there for 18, 20 hours. I, I knew to pick up the phone. I bailed myself out right away. First thing when it happened, called the bail bondsman, gave him a credit card, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm going to get you out of there, but it's going to be a while. And I just, okay, fine, and I just sat there and I realized as I'm watching all these different versions of myself from my different uh, stories of life come through there, um, I thought, you know, man, you are way too comfortable sitting in jail, like way too comfortable sitting here, you know, and, um, and I thought, you know, this is not a good look for a 45-year-old man. It's just not a good look, maybe cute in your 20s, uh, not so good in your 30s, but in your 40s, it's just pathetic. And, uh, and I had a moment of clarity while I was sitting in that jail. And it was, it was what I just said earlier. It was like, not every time that I drink, I get in trouble, but every time I'm in jail, it's because of alcohol. And if I don't want to go to jail again, I can't ever drink again. And I just made peace with it. It was, I don't, I can't explain it. Um, but I, uh, so I, I did, I did, I haven't had a drink since that night. Um, I stayed dry For about 52 days uh, up in Laguna Beach, Um, and uh, about about day 52, I was just coming unglued, and I didn't know where to go. Uh, But I had been to the Canyon Club before uh, in a in a a court ordered uh, mess a while back, and I just went down to the Canyon Club and I went to meeting, and then I went to another meeting on that was a Saturday night. On Sunday, I went to another meeting. And then on Tuesday, I ended up stumbling into the, uh, the Tuesday night hospital meeting, the men's stag there. And um, and I, it was an hour. It was, I thought the meeting was an hour and I was sitting in there and the time's going by and I'm super uncomfortable and everybody knows each other and they're all cool guys and they're friends and I don't know anybody and I'm just coming unglued. And uh, the meeting's about to end. It's started at 6.30, so it's 7.30, 7.32. 7.34, 7.35, I'm like, this me-. I leaned over to the guy next to me. I'm like, what time is this meeting over? He's like, eight. I was like, oh, my God. And I just couldn't take it. And I raised my hand. I said, my name's Tom. I'm an alcoholic. And I just dumped on that room everything that was going on with me. And, uh, and those guys, they thought that, they, they, everything I said was met with this eruption of laughter. And then as my story got worse and worse, the laughter roared and roared and they were dying. These guys were just, and I, I didn't think it was that funny. You know, um, I, I had some real problems that day and these guys were just laughing at me. Um, and, it, but somehow, somehow that made me feel better. You know, I was like, you know, I just I was able to like, kind of let some of the air out of a big balloon that was about to burst. And I let some air out of it. and It shrunk back down to size. And I and I and and I, I heard they were talked. There was my sponsor, my current sponsor. My sponsor is Rob H. Um, uh, he I got him as a sponsor not that night, but the next morning, um, and uh, he's still my sponsor today. Uh, and I, I think you know I want to tell you guys what it's like now, you know, because and I think that's the most important part um, because what it's like what it's like now from from that moment, and I hope. I think if I, if I can have one thing that I hope I never let go of is I hope I never, ever, ever forget that 18 hours in the San Diego County Jail. That was the best 18 hours I'd had in years. And, I, and it clearly was disguised as a, as a tragedy. But if I don't forget that, I think I've got a pretty good shot at, at staying on the path I'm on. Um, some of you guys know Rob H., Rob is uh, they call him the Colonel. Rob is no joke, you know, um, and he is militant. Um, I call Rob, i give you an example. I call Rob every day at 1 PM. I don't call him at one cause that doesn't work. And I have a 15 minute window to talk to Rob. And if I don't hit him within that 15 minute window, Rob just doesn't take my call that day or the next day. He just won't talk to me like, but for a guy like me, I need that kind of structure. And, um, so Rob, uh, Rob told me. I asked Rob the next day when I met him. Uh, I, I talked to him. I didn't talk to him that night, but I saw him at the beach meeting the next morning and asked him if, he, if he'd sponsor me. And he said, "Well, you know, I'm willing to talk to you about that." He goes, "I got two questions for you." He said, uh, "Are you?" He said, uh, "Are you teachable?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely teachable. Great." And he said, second question is, are you willing to take direction?" In other words, are you willing to do what's suggested of you, even when you don't want to? Are you, you know, are you are you willing to take direction? Oh, absolutely, I'm great at taking direction. Rob, he's like, okay, okay, good. He goes, good. Now, let me tell you, there's two types of guys in AA, and for all the ladies here, when I say guys, I'm including you, but this is my experience from a men's meeting, so uh, apply apply the uh, apply it appropriately. But he said there's two types of guys in AA. He says there's the you bet guys and the yeah, but guys, and he said, the you bet guys have an infinitely easier time staying sober than the yeah, but guys, and I'm like, okay, and he goes, so for instance, if I ask you to do something, a you bet guy just says, you bet, Rob, and no matter what it is, no matter if they want to do it or not, no matter, you know, whatever their considerations are, all the reasons they can't do it, they just go, you bet. I've also later heard that uh, described as never declining an AA request, right? Always say yes to an AA request. He said, if you're a you bet guy, life is going to get really good for you. And you're going to work through this fast. He goes, if you're a yeah, but guy, and he goes, Tom, you listen in the meetings, you're going to hear yeah, but guys, you'll ask them to do things. And they will be like, well, I would, but I can't make the meeting because I got to get some Botox or whatever. You know, I got it. Like, they, like they, he said, those guys, they they're, they're, you'll watch them suffer. You'll watch them suffer comparatively to you. You bet guy. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he goes, so what kind of guy are you going to be Tom? I'm like, well, I'm going to be a you bet guy, Rob. He's like, okay, great. He goes, what are you doing tomorrow? Knew the answer. I was like, well, uh, you know, Rob told me you got to get to meetings early. And he, I said, well, I know the answer to that, Rob. I'm going to go down to the 7am uh, hardcore Harbor meeting. I'm going to get there at 6:45. I'm going to help set up some chairs. Shake some hands on the way in, and then after the meeting, I'm going to uh, go ahead and close it up, uh, put the chairs back. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to come home, eat, and then I'm going to go to the Gator uh, Thursday night. You know, because Rob had me on two a days for the first 24 months. I was in a, I was in AA, and uh, he goes, "Oh, okay, that sounds pretty good." He goes, "What do you? Uh, let me ask you this, Tom. What do you think about meeting me instead of getting there at 6:45? Why don't you meet me in the parking lot over there at 5:15 a.m.?" We'll, uh, we'll sit in my car, we'll read the big book, and uh, we'll start on the steps tomorrow. We'll do that at 5.15. How's that sound? That sounds like a horrible idea. That was like, the worst idea I'd ever heard at the time. You know, I have to get up at 4 something to make it down there at 5.15 to meet this guy. But he tricked me, so I just said, you bet. And, um, and I thought that was going to be a one-off thing. I thought he just was making a point. I'll go down there, I'll do this, you know. No. I met that dude at 515 every Thursday morning for a year until we got through that book, you know, and I read, I'd, I'd flip his uh, passenger uh, visor down and slide the mirror over. So the light came on and that's what I would write in my book, you know? And, um, and, you know, I, I don't know how I got to Rob. Rob's a tennis coach. I, I run my own companies. We don't have anything in common. Really, we would have never met. Uh, I probably wouldn't even partied with Rob, you know, he did his thing. I did other things, but, but, you know, um, I was desperate, you know, and I was willing to take direction. I was willing to do whatever you guys told me to do, like whatever suggestions, cause I had no answers. I was 45 and I was a loser, you know, and I didn't see myself as a loser, but in hindsight, looking at it, I mean, it wasn't like I came here off the tail end of a winning streak. I mean, my life, wasn't going well at all, and I didn't have any options, and if you're new or relatively new, I hope to God that you have that, too. I hope that you're desperate enough to set aside whatever Tom thinks Tom needs to do to run Tom's life, because Tom clearly had no idea how to run Tom's life, right? Turns out, Rob, the tennis coach, knew how to run Tom's life. Who'd have guessed, right? So, anyways, uh, just progressing through, uh, I've been several six years, seven months, and six days. Um, I'm really glad to know that that's exactly how long I've been sober, uh, because that's a big deal. Uh, My life in the last six years, seven months, and six days has been the best it's ever been in my entire existence. I mean, and I had a pretty good, I had a pretty good, right, eight or nine or 10 years old. My grandparents, I was getting gifts and stuff. I thought that was pretty sweet, but you know, the worry and the anxiety and the fear, um, the powerlessness, it was all super prevalent then. And now, I mean, like the way my life looks now is I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much at peace. Uh, you know, I got things that bother me, but you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're not, uh, they're not San Diego County jail. Uh, you know, the ghost of Christmas past coming through bothering me, you know, it's not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not blowing my life up and and torching things. So, um, so Rob set me off on a course of action, um, and it really, I mean, there was a whole litany of things he had me do. Most of them sounded completely ridiculous at the time, just completely ridiculous, stupid. I got big problems. I don't know why two meetings a day are going to help me, but turns out two meetings a day were exactly right. That was exactly what worked. And so he basically, you know, I can boil it down. There's about eight things I needed to do to stay sober every day. Um, And I shoot to hit all those every day now. It's a wake, uh, wake up, you know, make the bed. uh, If I'm the only guy in the bed, uh, pray and meditate. And so I do those every morning, right? I call my sponsor. That's the fourth thing. I call other alcoholics every, every day. I talk to at least three other alcoholics, usually four, five, or six, um, I get to a meeting um, and i really enjoyed the zoom meetings i really enjoyed being back in laguna I, it's so much easier to get to meetings right uh, I, I love the zoom meetings i'm doing way more meetings in the last two months than i did uh than i was doing in the last two years it's been it's been wonderful and and my life's showing you know i mean I, I can feel the difference so i get to the meeting uh be of service help a new guy or help a new girl help somebody and if i if they don't have a newcomer to be of service to i can just I can, you know, like I can be the guy who, uh, and I hate this one, Rob has me doing this one too, but, you know, there's two types of people in the world, the ones that put the shopping cart back and the ones that leave it next to their car, you know, and I'm like, ah. Oh. So, you know, I, if I'm going to be of service and I don't, it, like those are just little things, but he's got me living like that direction, you know, doing those types of things that, that I never would have thought to do. So to be of service, and the eighth thing is uh, don't pick up no matter what. Don't pick up if I feel like I want to. Don't pick up if my ass has fallen off. Just don't pick up, you know. Don't drink. Don't use drugs no matter what. And those eight things, I'm not sure which one of those uh, are the things that have made my life so wonderful. I'm not sure if they're the things that have, have gotten, you know, I don't know what combination. So I just do them all. Um, and, uh, and, you know, life's been working out really, really well. Um, I've got... Uh, I, I things came back for me pretty quickly. Um I was able to get, you know, by by two meetings a day. Um and I, I think in that first uh that first year I probably talked to ten to fifteen guys every single day. Um and it because it took a village to raise the city, you know. I mean, I, I was absolutely insane, crazy, and uh and, and dangerous, you know. I mean I I was kind of a dangerous person to be around. I was, just really really insane and um and homicidal you know some people when they uh they get to TA they're feeling a little suicidal you know i always say i was blessed with the gift of homicide i did not want to kill me i wanted to kill you and everything was your fault and that's how the world occurred you know and i i wasn't feeling sorry for myself i just wanted to get aggressive on the world and um and you know I, that's that's not the case today so you know, it's, it's like I said, it, it's, um, I, I've, I've, it's been, I heard in a meeting the other day, a guy said, uh, or, or Rob was telling me, he talked to a guy uh, the other day, and he's, he's been sober about 38 years, and he said, uh, he goes, you know, 38 years ago, I, there was five words I heard a lot, um, and it was get out and stay out, and that was, uh, you know, that was how that guy's life was, was going, and I can relate to that. Um, so, you know, it's, I I can tell you if you're new or relatively new, like, this is the, the, this is the life changer for me. I mean, this is, I, I, I consider myself a pretty smart guy, you know, like I'm an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Um, and I remember it was like an aha moment when I was about maybe four months sober, five months sober and things started working and I started feeling better. And and it, it occurred to me, I was like, whoa. It was alcohol the whole time. That was the problem. Like if I, if I don't pick up alcohol, I'm probably not going to call the dealer, you know, because that usually something would happen after the alcohol was in me. I'm not going to do all the, my, my best thinking uh, is going to be tapered. It's going to be on a better playing field if I don't pick up the first drink. And so, you know, just, just getting in here and, and, you know, there's a couple, I've heard a lot of good sayings in, in, in Laguna AA, one of them is, you know, if you want to get the get, you gotta do the do. You know, so in our book it says half measures avail us nothing. Yeah, you know, in other words, you can't put half the effort into AA and get half a result. If you put half the effort into AA, you get no result. So if you wanna get the get, if you wanna get the, the great life and you gotta do the do. Matt, um, Matt is a, a just an unbelievable example of a guy who just put his head down, and he just did every single, th- it was annoying, because I just tell him, I give him all this stuff to do, and he would do it all, and come back completely miserable, just day after day after day after day after day, but, you know, God had a plan for him, and it was just, it, it was just a longer, it was a longer fuse to burn down until he got his life back, right, but I, I, I can say this, you know, I spent some time in the, in the military, I spent some time in some combat situations, and I had bullets whizzing past my head a number of times. And, and I've, I've had some things happen that I would call miracles, like where like there was a divine intervention that saved my life. Um, and it, it's, it probably happened maybe five or six times in my life. You know, I've seen like five or six, like real miracles. Like there's no way that should have happened um, before I got to AA. Since I've been in AA, I've seen hundreds of miracles, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times that an alcoholic just a low bottom pathetic drug addict alcoholic loser uh, is able to turn their lives around and become a good husband and a good son and a good brother and a good uncle a good mom a good sister you know to really become a good employer or become a good employee, like really turn their lives around and to clean up the wreckage of their past. You know that was the other big thing too. Is going through the steps. It took me up. Uh, took me about a year and a half to get through those steps. Um, but and I and I didn't like doing them. I, I, you know I didn't make a lot of financial amends. Uh, you know a lot of people had a lot of relief when they would give you your money back. Like you know hey uh, you know hey Kent here's your money back that I took from you years ago. Here it is. Um, that never felt good to me. I did not like doing that. I did not like making those amends at all. It was never comfortable. I, I just, and, and every time I was looking for the payoff, you know, we're like, I'm gonna do it and then where's mine? And I never came. Um, until one day, I remember I was walking down the beach, I was walking, walking down the street in Laguna and it occurred to me that I don't, I don't know anybody any money anymore. That, that was the first time in like 30 years I hadn't owed anybody any money. Like I'd paid them all back, all of them. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden I felt better about myself. Like that, that shame, that guilt, that, that I was so used to carrying That you know, you're carrying a weight. You're just so used to carrying it. You forget you even got it until it's gone. And then all of a sudden, like I, I remember I just was like, wow, that's amazing. You know? Um, so the steps are absolutely paramount for that freedom uh, to help, help me. They were paramount for me to help, you know, for me to be free of, of, of all that garbage I was carrying around with me and all the shame. And uh, you know, like I said, I, if and there's, by the way, there's a lot of guys on here, guys on here, I sponsor a lot of guys on here. I used to sponsor um, love you guys. Love all of you. Uh, it's a privilege to, uh, to sponsor you and, 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 and to have you call me sponsor and, and, uh, for everything you guys have shared with me over the years, man, I love all of you. Um, it, it's just amazing. And I've got great relationships with, with uh, just, you know, half the meeting here. And so it's really good to see all you guys. And, um, I'm super grateful today. You know, I, I just, I, I heard in a meeting recently that if you want to have a good idea of what kind of program you're working, take a look at how you're being received in your household. You know, how do the people who live with you feel about you? And uh, and I like that a lot because I live with four people right now, three three people and two, and two pets, and all of them seem to like me, you know? And, uh, you know, seven years ago, that was not the case. <laughs> Nobody living with me liked me, and I didn't like me. And uh, so... I'm super grateful for AA. Uh, I'm super grateful to be sober. Um, You know, if anybody out there needs some help, I'm here. Happy to help you. Anybody on this meeting be happy to help you, I'm sure. And um, anyways, that's all I got. Thanks so much for letting me share. It's a real pleasure to be here with you guys today.